Hello and welcome to this Endo Life, episode 134. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with the endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's <laughs> the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. Hey guys, how are you? I hope you are all doing okay. I am on day 10 as I'm recording this. This isn't going to be out for a couple of weeks. So hopefully I'll have my SIBO test results by the time this comes out. But at the moment I'm on day 10 of my elemental diet day 10, drinking this liquid formula and nothing else. And I've had a lot of ups and downs, but the second week is feeling much, much easier. Um, And I know you guys are waiting for a podcast episode uh, about this. So um, hopefully, as long as I get my SIBO test results in time, the next episode that you listen to should be my review of going on the elemental diet for SIBO. So today we're not talking about SIBO directly, but we are talking about the gut and it's linked to endometriosis, specifically leaky gut and the common issues that cause leaky gut within the endometriosis community and why it's important. So as you guys know, endo is a full body disease, right? It causes a host of symptoms throughout the body and also often comes with co-conditions that trigger these symptoms, heighten them, or add new ones entirely. IBS issues are a problem for many people with endo, and it's really important that we do tackle these, not by masking, but by addressing the root causes. The reason being is that the gut, that gut inflammation is a key cause of pelvic pain and could even lead to continued growth of endo. 70% of your immune system is in and around your gut. And inflammation is simply a normal immune response. Inflammatory immune cells are released in response to injury, infection, bacteria, or some kind of threat. And these inflammatory cells cause swelling, pain, and heat as they get to work on healing the area. 
Now, leaky gut or intestinal permeability occurs when tiny holes appear in the gut lining. So think of the gut lining as a sausage skin. It's a tube from the mouth to the colon that separates what's coming in and going out from the rest of the body. The lining is incredibly thin, just one cell thick, and these cells are tightly packed together with only the tiniest gap between them to allow for the absorption of nutrients. When the gut gets inflamed from chronic IBS reactions, infections, SIBO, allergies, intolerances, and inflammatory microbiome, etc., the lining gets damaged and the gaps begin to widen. Other issues can also damage the lining, like medication, stress, and alcohol, to name a few, and we're going to go into some of these today. So when this happens, when the gut becomes leaky, food particles can pass through the gut lining, as well as bacteria and toxins from bacteria that I've talked about before, lipopolysaccharides. While some of the immune defences are inside the gut, So, for example, we have something called secretory IgA and it sits on top of the gut lining and it's one of our first immune defences. So if there's kind of a bad bacteria, the first thing it's going to hit is the secretory IgA. There's also a large amount on the outside of the gut lining waiting to attack anything that has passed through and shouldn't have done. It doesn't matter if this is food or bacteria inflammatory cells and chemicals will be released in response. And because the bloodstream is also on the other side of the gut lining, waiting for nutrients, the inflammatory cells can get swept away in the bloodstream, causing full body inflammation. If you have leaky gut, this is going to be happening every time you eat, putting you in a state of chronic inflammation. Of course, As you guys probably know, chronic inflammation causes chronic pain. And so calming down your gut is key for calming down your pain. But there are many other reasons to heal leaky gut. Leaky gut causes symptoms like brain fog and fatigue, but it's also showing up as one of the leading causes behind many autoimmune diseases. The reason being is that as the immune cells become more and more exposed to food particles, they start to develop antibodies for them. And these antibodies accidentally start attacking certain cells in our bodies, leading to an autoimmune condition. So for example, Hashimoto's disease is when antibodies accidentally attack the thyroid, causing hyperthyroidism. Research has shown that people with endo are significantly more likely to develop certain autoimmune diseases, and that certain autoimmune diseases are strongly associated with endo. So for us to keep ourselves as healthy as possible, healing leaky gut is of course going to be really essential for this. There's also the presence of lipopolysaccharides. Lipopolysaccharides are parts of the cell wall from certain bacteria that trigger inflammation in humans. So lipopolysaccharides are also known as LPS and LPS can, and also endotoxins. LPS can move from the gut to other parts of the body known as translocation. LPS have been shown to play a key role in autoimmune disease development, but LPS also plays a lead role in endo development too, alongside estrogen and inflammatory chemicals like prostaglandins. So there are more extensive protocols for healing leaky gut that I take my clients and course students through, 
But I get that for some of us, starting slower and with fewer steps is a much better way to get going with healing. Because of this, today I really wanted to pay attention to the leading causes of leaky gut that commonly affect the endo community and tips for beginning to manage or lower their damage. So let's start with stress. So stress is number one. And I'm starting with stress because I think many of us with endo find living with the disease stressful, whether it's acutely stressful or we're just experiencing like low-grade stress all of the time. Unfortunately, chronically elevated levels of cortisol, which is our stress hormone that's released during the stress response alongside adrenaline, widens these gaps. And it also changes the gut microbiome, which creates an inflammatory environment in the gut. And if you're not clear on what the microbiome is, that's all of the good bacteria that's in your large intestine. So you know when you hear people talking about good gut bugs, um, or I can't think of another example right now, but that's basically what we're talking about. It's the reason why people drink like um, probiotic drinks and take probiotics. They're trying to top up the microbiome. So the stress changes the gut microbiome and that creates an inflammatory environment in the gut, which then damages the gut lining. Now, of course, we can't always change the situation or the situation may take time to change. But what we can do is practice moving from the sympathetic nervous system response, which is the nervous system responsible for activating our stress response, known as the flight, fight or freeze reaction, and moving into the parasympathetic response, which is known as our rest and digest response, and that activates healing and digestion. So you've got one nervous system responsible for your stress response and one nervous system responsible for your rest and healing response, and they can't operate together. If your stress response is on, your rest and digest will be turned off, your digestion will be turned off. So we want to practice moving out of a chronically elevated state of stress. And so some strategies to try include meditation or mindfulness. 10 minutes of walking has been shown to reduce cortisol levels. Yoga, breath work, massage, which can be done at home. So a really good option for massage at home would be our Vigo massage. I did a podcast interview with Tara Ghosh recently, um, and you can book in with her and have a short session with her. She will teach you how to do our Vigo massage, or you can find another practitioner if you don't want to work with Tara. And then you can practice it every day on yourself. It takes 10 minutes. It reduces period pain. It reduces bloating, constipation, abdominal pain. It helps to um, move toxins around your body, out of your body. <laughs> and what massage does is it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. It activates the rest and digest nervous system. So even if you're feeling stressed, you can still help to move yourself into the rest and digest mode by doing some massage on yourself. And then also a gratitude journal. Gratitude journals have been shown time and time again to help with resilience, depression, anxiety, stress, and can make stressful situations feel easier. So those are just some examples of practices that you can bring in on a daily basis. You don't need to do all of them um, for a short periods of time that just help your body to continually move into rest and digest. 
And, you know, ideally, because, I mean, we can start the day not stressed and end it very stressed. Ideally, over time, implementing like a practice in the morning, a practice midday and a practice in the evening is going to be really helpful to help your body like learn this pattern and learn to keep actively moving out of stress. So, you know, you could wake up and do meditation at lunch. You could go for a 10 minute walk and in the evening you could do um, a massage. Those are just some examples and all of those can be done in 10 minutes. So next up on our list, number two is one that I know may be a difficult subject for many of you. So I want you to listen with an open mind whilst knowing that this is a gradual process and you need to find management tools that work for you. So the next contributing factor to leaky gut is non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, so NSAIDs. These include drugs like ibuprofen, naproxen and methanamic acid to name just a few of them. Now, I know that many of you are using these to cope with your pain, so there's absolutely no judgment here. But in the long run, they may make things worse by causing more intestinal damage, which will then just lead to more inflammation and pain, and then you might need stronger doses. So countless studies have shown that all NSAIDs cause leaky gut and you know, leaky gut or intestinal permeability. It's the, it's the same thing. Leaky gut is just sort of the common term. The time frame and amount of damage, however, varies. One study I read showed that 71% of NSAID users who were taking NSAIDs daily for more than three months had small intestine damage um, to the gut lining. But another study that was conducted was conducted over six months. Yet in contrast, one small study of 20 participants showed even one 600 milligram dose of aspirin was enough to increase the gaps between cells in the gut lining. So it definitely varies. However, given the right tools and the space to heal, leaky gut for some people can repair in a matter of weeks. So the idea here is that we want to reduce your reliance on NSAIDs as much as possible to minimize damage and prolong the opportunity for healing. Now, of course, to do this, it requires getting to the root causes of your pain, um, which may be chronic inflammation, pelvic floor dysfunction, endo that hasn't been properly excised, an upregulated nervous system, etc. All of the things that, you know, I've talked about in past episodes. But that's a process. So in the short term, you could use natural anti-inflammatories that have been shown to be just as effective as NSAIDs including ginger, curcumin, fish oil, and magnesium. All of these have been shown to be as or more effective than certain NSAIDs in studies. So it's not like um, ginger is as effective as all of them, but it's been shown to be just as effective as methanamic acid and ibuprofen, for example. They also have multiple other benefits for endo, such as reducing intestinal inflammation, reducing period pain, and easing PMS symptoms. So there are definite bonuses to adding these anti-inflammatories in. So ginger is a great tool for in-the-moment pain, and magnesium is as well, though I find it gets to work quicker if applied topically with a spray, lotion, or balm. So those can be used when you're in pain in the moment, And hopefully they reduce your need for NSAIDs to the point where you either don't need to take them or you don't need to take 
as many. And both these scenarios are really common with my clients. Now, I would argue that the most effect would come from taking all or a selection of these supplements daily. So your body is less inflamed in general. And so when the pain does hit, or if it does hit, the reaction is lessened. We're not just spot treating with anti-inflammatories in the moment, right? That's not what we want to do. I want you to have those in the moment tools like ginger, like magnesium. But I also want you to get your body to a point where the pain isn't so bad when it does come because your inflammation is lower in general. So if you want to know doses, if you want to learn about the side effects of these supplements, if you want to know about the benefits, then go back and listen to my past two episodes on supplements and always consult your doctor. And if you're having surgery, always let your surgeon know what you're taking as well. Now, especially for the first few months or longer, whilst you're getting to your root cause, you may need additional support to lower pain and to reduce your need for NSAIDs. So the ginger and magnesium might help, but you might need some more on top. So some more helpful tools include Arvigo massage done daily or a few times a week, um, as I mentioned earlier. BU patches, which um, I talk about, they're one of my sponsors, so you have the information for them. Yoga for period pain, Epsom salt baths, a TENS machine, a heat belt, um, such as like an infrared heat belt, that's going to be less likely to cause burning and scarring in contrast to a hot water bottle, for example. And essential oils shown to target pain and to help with dysmenorrhea. So my free pain relieving toolkit has links and resources for nearly all of these guys. So you can have a listen, um, you can download that from the show notes. Of course, you can use all of these daily or as and when required, but for sure, the yoga, the massage and the baths will be helpful to bring in frequently as they calm the brain's pain response, whilst also helping to alleviate tension in the pelvic floor. And the magnesium from the bath salts will also add to your magnesium intake. So they're really beneficial overall. And they're also going to help to move you into that flight, uh, into that rest and digest um, mode as well. Now, I don't want you to feel guilty if you need to take NSAIDs. The point of this is to raise awareness so you can make informed decisions and take steps to support your gut, not to make you feel guilty. Hopefully, over time, you'll be able to reduce your use. But if you need them and the natural stuff I've listed isn't working enough, don't sit through the pain because you feel guilty. The stress of being in pain will have an impact on your gut line in any way. So do what's right for you. If you need NSAIDs, use them, but obviously just make an informed decision and hopefully some of these natural options will support you to reduce your intake. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. This episode is sponsored by my new free download, Natural Pain Relief Toolkit for Endometriosis. This four-page guide includes herbal remedies and teas that are in your cupboards already, safe pain relieving supplements, essential oils for self-massage, and much more. 
there's a method for everyone, whatever your taste and your budget. Some of the options literally range from 40p to £10. So there is a range of things to support you. And the chances are that you're going to have some of these in your house already. So I'm hoping that this is a really accessible toolkit for you to get started. You know how I work. I like to make changes from our foundations of health, you know, nutrition, lifestyle. It's not about slapping on a load of like pain relief and supplements um, and kind of masking the symptoms. But sometimes we need a bit of help to get out the pain so we can actually begin to make some changes and feel better. And these are the strategies that I use with my clients when they're stuck in in a rut. They don't have the energy Um, and they're having too much pain to actually be able to take the first step forward. So we just want to ease those symptoms, get them out of pain so we can begin this coaching journey together. So I'm hoping that if you're at this moment struggling to see the woods for the trees and get through some of your current pain, that these methods are going to help you. To get your copy, go to the link in my show notes or just go directly to my website and the link is on the homepage. Okay, so finally, let's talk about gluten. Any food we're intolerant to or allergic to can contribute to leaky gut. But I want to highlight gluten for its specific impact on leaky gut and its association with endo. Now, I just want to make it clear that not everyone needs to remove gluten from their diet. Not everyone is sensitive. Not everyone has a problem. And some people can tolerate it just fine. But Here's the information and you can see what works for you. So gluten is a common cause of leaky gut. This is because gluten increases zonulin, which is a protein made in the gut, and zonulin widens the gaps in the gut lining. Zonulin is increased both in people with celiac disease and without, so that's been shown in the research, and has been found in higher numbers in autoimmune patients. And actually, in our training, Nicole Jardim states that all of us will get temporary leaky gut within five hours of eating gluten, but it's temporary, right? Our bodies are designed to heal, so someone with a healthy gut should be able to heal following this. But for those of us with other sources of intestinal inflammation or who eat a lot of gluten, we may find find it harder to heal. Additionally, if you have celiac disease or non-celiac disease gluten sensitivity, the body also develops antibodies to attack gluten, but these antibodies also mistakenly attack our gut lining. And so the lining starts to break down and we start to have holes in our gut lining. Now, endo comes in here for two reasons. So number one, endo is associated with celiac disease. Women with celiac disease are twice as likely to develop endo and people with endo are significantly more likely to develop celiac disease. Number two, a study showed that out of 207 patients, 75% had a significant reduction in painful symptoms after eliminating gluten for 12 months. So what this is telling us is that possibly in the 75%, perhaps they were intolerant or sensitive to gluten And this was upregulating the inflammatory response, contributing to pain. Or maybe they weren't all sensitive, but the removal of gluten allowed their gut liners to start healing. And so LPS and food particles and bacteria weren't traveling through 
the gut lining. And so that was lowering the inflammation and reducing the contribution of LPS to endodevelopment, right? Because LPS was less likely to travel through the gut lining and end up in the pelvic cavity through translocation. So this is just my speculation, but from what I've discussed so far, you can see how this would make sense. We don't know the mechanisms behind it, but we know that it helped 75% of those patients. And we do need bigger studies, but this is interesting. And if it helps you and it works for you, then that's great. And regardless of whether we're sensitive or not, removing gluten can repair leaky gut and may also lower endosymptoms. So if you're considering this approach, you could try a few strategies. You could follow a gut healing protocol for a month. And as part of that, you could eliminate gluten and then reintroduce it um, afterwards to see how you react, to see if you're sensitive to it. You could remove gluten for six months, which is what Dr. Andrew Cook advises at a minimum. Or you could follow the study and try it for 12 months and see if it works for you. So if you want to try any of those ideas, of course, let your doctor know. And if gluten makes up a large portion of your diet, ensure you're replacing it with nutrient-dense foods like complex carbohydrates such as sweet potatoes, squash and root veggies, and gluten-free whole grains if you can tolerate them. If you can afford to work with a nutritionist, a coach or a dietitian, then that would be the best way to do this. If you can't, of course, there are multiple books on endometriosis that talk about eliminating gluten from your diet and following a protocol. Or of course, in my, co- in my course, we have that as well. Uh, and you could follow that when the course comes out. What I don't suggest is that you replace your gluten intake with lots of gluten-free processed foods, as processed foods can be full of inflammatory ingredients, which can continue to damage your gut lining. So if you want bread or pasta, go for good quality and organic if possible. Look for products that are made with minimal ingredients, natural ingredients, and don't have like lots of preservatives and E-numbers and tons of sugar. So think buckwheat bread, brown rice pasta or legume-based pasta, almond flour cakes, etc. And in the show notes, I've provided links to some brands, recipes, and gluten-free baking courses that I love. And it's so fun to start diving into these. I made, before I did this um, elemental diet, I made gluten-free hot crust buns for Easter. Um, They were also dairy-free and sugar-free. I made them with eggs. I don't know because as you guys know, I'm eating eggs now. I haven't tried not making them with eggs, but I, I will at some stage. They were so good. Me and my boyfriend could not tell the difference. Honestly, there are some things that we make that they're just they're just staples now for us. They're so classic. They're so, so good. We prefer them to, you know, gluten-based products. And my boyfriend's gluten-free digestive biscuits that he makes are also sugar-free and um, vegan. They're amazing. The hot crust buns are amazing. The almond flour cakes are amazing. And I, I've got a recipe up on my Instagram if you if you want that. And there's a couple of other things I can't think of right now, but those three are just incredible. And I'm very sad that I can't eat them right now because of SIBO, but I will be able to. So really, you know, if you're into baking, get into baking. If you're not, look at some of the brands and recipes that I'm, some of the brands that I've put into the show notes. 
So that's it. Those are the three areas that I think are common causes of leaky gut within our endo community from what I've observed with my clients and myself and from the research. So you don't have to do all of these at once, like all of these steps and all of these tips. If you're feeling overwhelmed, I really recommend starting with a stress piece because, you know, if you're overwhelmed, then there's an element of stress there, right? And take your time with that stress piece. And when you're noticing some improvements and you're feeling stronger, you can move on to the next steps. Also, I just want to remind you that I have no idea what's going on in your life. And there are many other factors that contribute to leaky gut and intestinal inflammation. So if you try these and you don't feel any different after several months, then you may need to look at other factors that contribute to leaky gut and do a gut healing protocol that's a little bit more intensive. You can find further steps on this in my Understanding the Endo Belly episode. So I give you lots of tools and guidance on that. Um, Or of course, you can buy one of the books I've mentioned or work with me one-on-one or take my course when it comes out again. But initially, I would say go and have a listen to my Endo Belly episodes because it's predominantly about bloating, but it's all relevant for healing the gut. So I hope you found this episode insightful and helpful let me know what you thought about it. Reach out to me on Instagram. If you liked this episode and you found it helpful, please share it on Instagram. Take a screenshot. um, Let people know you found it helpful because I want to raise awareness of endo, but I also want to raise awareness of how to manage endo. So if you found it helpful, please do share and I will see you next week. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, You can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world.